We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Wednesday, August 23rd edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Joining me today is my new Rotowire colleague, who I'm talking to for the first time, injury analyst Jeff Stotts. Hey, Jeff, um, first, thank you so much for doing this. Our uh, or were you as concerned about Odell Beckham as I was the other night? Of course, I grew up a Giants fan, so I'm a little biased. Well, oh, I won't hold that against you being a Cowboys fan myself. So, oh, um, we're, okay. getting off to, we're getting off to a good start. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was worried, though. I mean, it, it was a scary-looking play. And, and for me, as an athletic trainer, you know, one of the things I do is I, I watch the play multiple times to kind of pick up on some clues of what we're seeing. And the first thing I thought was, man, that looks like a potential MCL injury. You know, we're talking about multiple week injury here. You know, you saw the, the images of, of him limping off the field and then kind of going to the back and going down to a knee. Started to get worried. But as you watch the video over and over again, you notice that his, his left ankle hasn't made complete contact with the ground, which I think is what saved his knee in this case. Uh, and the impact from, from the, uh, the cornerback from, from Cleveland didn't necessarily go all the way through his knee. It ended up going through his ankle, which is why he has a sprained ankle. Um, but if he had planted and his leg was what we call a closed chain where it's, it's locked and there's really nowhere to, for the force to go but the knee or the ankle – um, it could have been really bad, and I'm I'm pretty happy um, from a, just a football fan that he's going to be okay and potentially available for week one. All right, yeah, and right. The reports from ESPN this morning are uh, that they're, they seem the beat writers seem skeptical about week one, saying it's risky. Do you? I mean, w- w- from from where you're sitting and watching, would you would you lean yes or no based on what you know? I'd say yes, um, but the biggest thing for me is is the ankle sprain that he has a high ankle sprain versus a regular ankle sprain because that can be problematic. That can be a multiple week injury. Uh, I, I do feel like if it's, it's a normal lateral ankle sprain, um, you probably would see him a lot for the remainder of the preseason and, and into the practices leading up to week one. But but I suspect he's out there uh, against the Cowboys in that Sunday night game. Well, I, I, yeah, I hope so because the Giants, the over under for the Giants points will be about. if he's not playing, I think. Um, 
All right, everybody. We'd like to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football, rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, check us out on Twitter. Jeff is at in street clothes. What is that, by the way? So if a player's hurt, he's in street clothes. Uh, so it's kind of the easiest way for me to uh, duh. kind of incorporate what I do um, as an injury analyst. But also, it's also the name of my website, which is instreetclothes.com. And again, just focused on on player injuries, specifically the website's NBA, but I do throw out some NFL and uh, MLB stuff as well. Got it. In street clothes, that should have been pretty obvious. It probably was to most people, and I was just a little blockheaded. Um, I'm at jhoppin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire and at Rotowire NFL, where we have player updates. And find us on Facebook, as I always like to say. Okay. We're going to start off with some quarterbacks. I mean, basically today, because of Jeff's area of expertise, we're going to talk about a lot of injuries and what they mean at this point with I mean, literally, we are 15 days away from the, the, the kickoff of the NFL season and um, 18 days away from basically everybody playing. So, so now we're down in the nitty-gritty with some injuries. First one's Andrew Luck, and that's the biggest concern. I mean, he, he's still, ADP-wise, he's probably not dropping enough because we literally don't know when he's going to be ready. The Colts are very noncommittal. Um, he's not practicing, had shoulder surgery, as we've talked about. I mean, what, what do you do with Andrew? I mean, people are still drafting him as a top 10 quarterback. How do you do that? Does, how worried are you about him? Uh, you know, the situation here is there's plenty of worry because of how tight-lipped Indianapolis has been. And it, it's a weird situation because in one regard, they've been very limited on their information. But then you'll have the GM or the owner come out and say, well, his arm strength looks good. Well, but he hasn't practiced. How do you know his arm strength looks good? And And so where do you gauge – where he is in his progression from coming back from this label repair. And it's not an injury that is typically a major setback for players. It definitely takes some time to come back for it's a major surgery, but it's been seven months. And a guy like Jay Cutler had a very similar injury is back, you know, in practice, we've seen him doing things and his surgery wasn't that much before Lux. And, and so there's obviously going to be an increased level of inherent risk with Lux. And, and I just think, some of those same risks that, you know, in regards to the line and, and the different ways he utilizes, you know, uses his body linger. But the fact that we have not seen him play, we don't know where he stands. No one's seen him on a practice field. I don't know how you can draft him with confidence as a top 10 quarterback. Okay. And, and basically it, the, the, this is the most interesting one for me today because y- you talked about Beckham and, and you looked, I mean, you saw the play. And, and you can make a, a reasonable estimate based on what you saw and, you know, without having, you know, seen the x-rays and all that stuff, obviously. But you can look and, and kind of ballpark it. With luck, I mean, even you, you know a million times more about this than I do, and you can't really ballpark anything, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just we don't have any kind of good timeline to go off of because we don't know where he is. It's, it's, it's pretty weird that we have had a guy of luck stature be so protected by their team in terms of just completely not making him available. You know, like if he's doing work, he he's doing it under lock and key and no one's leaking it. You know, no one's sending out any information about how he looks other than the occasional lock in comment, like I said, about, oh, his arm strength looks good. Well, but we haven't seen him on the practice field. So it's it's very difficult to, to gauge. I mean, this is even tighter to figure out then you know a lot of the new england scenarios where we you know they they tend to be vague with their injury reports but this is this is i hate to say unprecedented because i'm sure somewhere down the road there's been somebody who's been they've been very very secretive about but but it's definitely difficult to gauge for anybody okay next one up uh, also shoulder surgery cam newton sounds like i mean he's been this past week he's been practicing sounds like he's gonna play thursday are we should we just shake off any worry we had during the offseason there's still some some worry. You know, the precedent set for guys that have a rotator cuff surgery isn't great. Uh, but then again, the guys that previously had it, like Jay Fiedler, Tim Couch, they weren't at the peak of their career when they when they had it. They were kind of on the down downslide anyway. And and Newton's just a different animal in terms of physical stature and, and skill set. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but I am anticipating some early season struggles. A lot of the studies out there regarding rotator cuff repairs uh, suggest that it can take up to a year for full, for, for full arm strength to come back. And so for Newton to be where he is at, at this point is very promising, but I won't be surprised if he's got a little bit rusty and he's just not quite 100% um, early on. So I'm, I'm looking for some early season struggles for him, but I do think 
the odds of him being as long as he can, again, avoid any other injury, which has been a problem for him, um, can be something that, you know, he's very productive towards the end and very valuable when it matters most for fantasy owners. Okay. So, so with Cam's issues, if you, if you're foreseeing some rustiness and some issues early in the season, you said arm strength, but does that, let's say manifest itself more in zip on the ball or accuracy or some combination of both? It's probably a combination of both, you know, uh, as far as how far can he stretch the field, physically throw the ball might not quite be there. And then on those shorter routes that, that, you know, he, he can get to those speedy receivers or he potentially even, you know, his suddenly pretty talented backfield, um, you know, it, it, it might be a little bit behind there. So again, if you're going to draft Newton, exhibit some patience, especially early on. If there's a couple hiccups, don't panic and try to, you know, trade him for pennies on the dollar. Um, just, just exhibit some patience. Okay. Next quarterback up, um, Derek Carr. Left last the end of last season, went with three games left, broken leg. Is there? I feel like, and we're going to talk about a, a bunch of guys who fit into this category. But we'll start with Carr. I, I feel like we look at guys and they have these injuries, and once they're back on the field, practice field or whatever, we kind of go, oh, "Okay, good, all set." He didn't, you know, hurt his shoulder, and he's a quarterback, so he's he's probably fine. Uh, or he didn't hurt his knee and he's a runner, so he's probably fine. Should, should we just assume when these guys are practicing and, and they kind of look good on the practice field that that the injury is kind of a thing of the past? Do you think we do that a little too much? I, I think so. Nothing can simulate the speed of an NFL game. You know, the, the best practice is not going to be the same as being out there uh, under the lights, as cliche as that may sound, but with the adrenaline going, the speed of, of your opponent it's a guy it's, it, you're playing an opposition that might not know every single play. You know, that's a lot of times what we forget is in practice, you're practicing the same guys that know your tendencies and, and you see more, more is revealed about a player in a game like scenario than anything. Um, so, so I do think we, we shouldn't read too much into practice, but really what I always like to focus on is what are they doing and how active are they? Are they an active participant? Are they performing lots of reps Were their reps limited did they only prevent, you know, did they prevent them from doing anything like taking hits? Um, were, were they able to partake in all activities or just seven on seven or just one on one drills? How, how active are they? And, and in Carr's case, he's been, he's been plenty active. And his injury is one of those injuries that actually sounds way worse than it, than it was. He broke his fibula. So anytime you hear a broken leg, you're like, oh man, that's got to be bad. But luckily for him, the ligament damage, which could actually be more problematic, was pretty minimal. It's one reason why they were holding out hope that if they had made a late postseason run last year, he would be available. But the, the injury is healed. Um, I don't suspect it's going to be one that really causes him problems moving forward. Uh, and, and I'm expecting for him to be very similar or comparable to last year. Okay. Uh, the last quarterback I want to talk about is Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson was a different guy last year. He didn't, quite frankly, didn't run. His, in, in his injuries – Ankle injury very early, week one, I think. Then MCL, sprained MCL in the knee in week, you know, a few weeks later. And then he basically, he went on and he just, in carries and rushing yards, he was way below what he had ever been before. He just, you know, he, he wasn't as effective running the ball. And that's a central part of Russell Wilson's fantasy value. It, it sounds like all systems are go. Everybody seems very happy with the way he looks and seems to think that he's going to rebound to his former self. It, it, I got a quote from uh, June. His offense coordinator says he's, quote, all the way back. Should Do you think we should expect Russell Wilson to be all the way back? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes these injuries just need time in terms of off season. <laughs> they, they, they cannot – you may be able to play with them – like Wilson, where he was able to suit up, and, and but it, it clearly affected him and limited his his, his abilities on the on the field. And I really think what we're going to see here is a guy who, now that he's had that he's over these two injuries, which directly impact lateral movement, you're going to see him moving more fluidly. You're going to see him back making things happen with his legs. Um, as long as again, as long as he's able to avoid any other injury, both injuries, you know, don't necessarily raise his level of injury risk particularly high. Uh, they, they tend to heal both, both, both injuries can heal on their own without surgical intervention. So, uh, I like Wilson. I think he's a guy that some people might be scared off by last year's performance, but if you can get him at a discounted rate, uh, I think it's a wise investment. Okay. Right now he's going as QB five. So it's not a discount, is it? 
Uh, not really, but I mean, it also depends on, on what round, you know, some, some people can, can hold out and maybe you can add, he may not be one of the first guys off the board, but if you can add a top notch wide receiver to go with maybe a running back and then add Wilson, you're looking at a pretty nice triple, triple headed monster to start your, start your team. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, as always, we've got to thank our friends at Yahoo fantasy football for sponsoring the Rotowire fantasy football podcast with Yahoo fantasy football. There are endless ways to feel the wins each week. Whether it's winning waiver claim, winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field, it's football in its funnest, best form, and there's no such thing as an excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. You can sign up today at rotowire.com slash yahoo. Download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and comb waiver options like maybe Scott Tolzien in place of Andrew Luck before week one right on your phone. Gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. I was kidding about Scott Tolzien, everybody. Don't pick him up. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football. Rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. All right, we're going to go to some players at other positions. Um, Leonard Fournette has a foot injury. The Jags are being vague. Sounds like we might not see him for the rest of the preseason. Um, He has been a very popular Fantasy running back because people think the Jags would be run heavy. He's currently RB11 off the board. I'm looking at MFL ADPs going in the latter part of the second round. Are you comfortable with this or does this foot injury worry you about Leonard Fournette? Well, it does worry me. Uh, he's a guy that has, you know, first off, the injury information is vague. So we don't know if it's something serious or something not. And then he has a history of injury problems. I mean, that's been his biggest knock uh, for the last couple of years. A lot of at LSU. He had multiple. Um, he missed multiple games last year. Um, his final year at, at LSU with ankle problems. And while he has publicly said they're unrelated, it's hard to ignore that they're on the same side. Uh, you're kind of discrediting the, the kinetic chain model, which basically su- suggests that every link in your extremity um, works together. And if one of those chains is compromised and, and weakened, then somewhere else along that connection chain has to assume responsibility. So even if it is a foot and not necessarily the ankle, that previously injured ankle is going to be stressed. And so uh, there's still some assumed risk there. And it's hard to gauge a rookie with coming in with injury concerns. I do like the fact that he's kind of going in this range where there's other guys with injury concerns. You've got a guy, I think DeMarco Murray's uh, running back nine, Todd Gurley's running back 10. Um, and those are going right before Fournette and then Carlos Hyde, and then you get into those rookies like McCaffrey and Cook. So you're looking at some guys that have other question marks too. Um, and, and Fournette, I think, out of some of those guys might have the most upside based on what, what you hinted at, his usage. Um, and, and again, he's a talented guy. I, you know, I think there's going to be plenty of um, opportunities for him. But the big question is, is can he stay on the field? And for me, I don't like over-investing in a rookie that we don't know anything about. We don't have any kind of track record that now has, you know, that does enter with some, some injury concerns. So tread cautiously, um, but, you know, gauge the situation around you before you, uh, you take for net. Okay. Next guy up is a guy. And I feel like this week I've been apologizing a bit for talking about certain <laughs> players too much. Um, Mike Gillisley might be in that category now because he's, he spent the summer as a name that was very hot among fantasy analysts. Everybody looked and the blunt role. You've heard this before. If you've been listening to the podcast and Gillisley has been out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. And it has led people to think that Bill Belichick might not be completely happy. Like he, the guy's got to get on the field and it's opened the door for guys like Burkhead and maybe James White, even though they're different kinds of players. Gillisley's back. Now Gillisley Tuesday was a full participant in practice. Um, do do you basically at this point i i guess if he's a full participant we don't have to worry about the injury anymore right uh yes and no for new england that's a good sign because they're always going to keep their players protected they always kind of err on the conservative side with their players so the fact that he's back is, is a good sign uh but hamstring injuries can be problematic this has been an issue since otas with him um, and that, that's a sign that, you know, it may not have been fully healed and you have to be very careful with these kind of injuries because they may feel better, 
but as soon as you really get to practice or high intensity, um, high level drills, you can irritate that scar tissue that hasn't been completely healed. And that's why you have always these kind of guys that have these chronic hamstring problems because they feel good. They get out there, but then they break down the, the newly created scar tissue and they basically press a reset button on their whole, the whole healing process. So uh, for me, especially if you're dealing with a new England player, you've got to use some other clues to figure out where he stands. And uh, you know, the fact that he is back is a, is a good sign. Uh, but you also have to take that with a little bit of grain of salt, given the nature of the injury. Okay. Um, so speaking of the Patriots too, Deion Lewis, he had ACL surgery in 2015 last year. Did, did you see anything that you liked or didn't like from him last season as far as recovery went? No, but I always kind of remind people that complete ligamization, which basically means for the, the graft to completely resemble the previous ligament, um, studies have shown it can take up to a year. So, we kind of have this skewed perception of how players should respond following ACL surgery, especially running backs after Adrian Peterson made that miraculous comeback, but he's the exception, not the rule. And you have to understand that it's an ongoing process, even when that player is back on the field. So now that it's been a little further out, I do think we're going to see uh, there's potential for Lewis to return kind of what he was before that injury. It's just going to be interesting to see how he's utilized. Okay. Um, I want to go on to John Brown and this must be an interesting one for you because all right, John Brown has had a quad injury this during camp. He's apparently back on the field. He returned to practice this week, but Bruce Arians was, you know, I mean, let's say bitching and moaning about John Brown and some of the other receivers saying, you know, these guys can't be on the field and they can't help us. And we need people who are going to, we're going to be able to play. And John Brown, who, whose fantasy stock was rising in June and July has, uh, has stalled in August. And for you, this must be a weird one for you because, I mean, you, if someone asks you about ACLs, you can probably talk about them in your sleep at this point, doing what you do. Because you hear about them all the time. You talk about it all the time. And, and you have to assess them all the time. A guy whose injury recovery is affected by a sickle cell trait, which I can't claim to know much about, must be really interesting for you and difficult to assess, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely one of those underlying <laughs> conditions that and disorders that can make things difficult to read. Now, for, for sickle cell, I'm going to do my best to kind of explain things a little bit. So sickle cell disease is a blood disorder. Um, most people are familiar with sickle cell anemia, which is um, the, the most, I would say, quote-unquote, severe aspect of sickle cell disease. Um, John Brown does not have sickle cell anemia. He has sickle cell trait which instead of two sickle, ge- sickle cell genes, he only has one. So one of his parents was a sickle cell trait carrier, and he inherited it from one of his parents. So he doesn't have full-blown sickle cell anemia. He just has sickle cell trait. Um, I haven't lost you yet, have I? Nope, not at all. This is good stuff. Um, okay, good. So, um, which is good, but it still makes him susceptible to some of the same things that sickle cell people have problems with, or sickle cell anemia people have, particularly in terms of uh, areas of low oxygen or high elevation. They, these areas can be problematic. Um, the, the blood isn't as effective as in regards to the shape of the red blood cells. So it, it can, it can have effective hemoglobin and, and bottom line is it, it can affect how easily it is to move oxygen. Um, and they tend to be prone to fatigue and pain and it can be very problematic if, if an injury occurs at an area of high elevation. Um, if you don't know, Arizona is the second highest elevation <laughs> stadium behind Denver. So we, we, we have a little crossover here where we're talking about environment playing, playing a role here, and, and that can be problematic. Um, you couple this trait with a guy that has a history of lower extremity problems, hamstring strains, and now this quad, and it can be very problematic to, um, to gauge. And it can make for a guy that's very talented, have a much higher injury, inherent injury risk, and he's a guy that I just, if you're going to take the chance on him, you have to back it up with some, somebody else because he is going to be more susceptible to injury um, based on multiple factors and his inherent risk is going to be higher. All right. So you're, you're telling people if they're interested in John Brown, they need to have a, a safety net. But do you really want to draft a guy who you need a safety net like that? I mean, you're going to have to get a severe, you, you're going to have to need a severe discount to want him, right? 
Yeah, and I mean that's that's exactly what's going to have to be. I mean, um, I want to stress by saying there are other players with sickle cell trait. Todd Montgomery, Tevin Coleman, these guys have sickle cell trait as well. Um, so it, it's something that's a little bit probably more common than we realize. But those guys don't have the injury history that necessarily Brown does as well. So you know you have to you have to make sure you factor all those things in when you're looking at an overall player's health. And I just I think it's very likely he misses at least a game or two this season. Um, and that's just not where he's going and where people want to take him, right. wh- where I'm willing to spend or invest the pick. Okay. Um, everybody, we got to thank another sponsor, and that's SleeperBot. Um, football season, like we said, 15 days away from the kickoff of the NFL season. So uh, if you haven't fired up a fantasy league, it's time to start. I've been playing for a really long time. And, um, you know, the, 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 the tried and true platforms are good, but, you know, sometimes you want something a little different. You, you want some innovation. Um, and, and something that works well on mobile, which, you know, some of them, quite frankly, don't do as well as, as, as they do on desktop that, that they've been doing for a long time. Um, also, you don't want some, a bunch of stupid ads, you know, bombarding you either. Uh, well, you know, I, I heard about SleeperBot, uh, which hosts fantasy football leagues, and it's, it's really, really cool. You can set up a league in just three simple taps, um, invite your friends to join pretty easily, has a full suite of features to help the commissioner, which is no easy task. Um, looks great. Really cool draft board that you can actually stream, cast on a TV. Plenty of fun animations. Uh, the app feels, you know, more modern, social, fun. Really, really cool. Uh, now that I've seen it, we're going to run it Listener League, which I promise I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. But uh, we are going to uh, start a Listener League, and I'll announce details about that early next week. Um, really, check out SleeperBot. Go to the App Store and check out SleeperBot, your commissioner and league mates. Well, thank you for it. Thanks a lot, SleeperBot. Jeff, did I hear a dog in the background? You did. All right, what, what's the dog? Give me the dog details. Uh, it's not really a dog, more of a rabbit. It's, it's our family Maltese. His name is Maverick, um, and it, he's about as fierce as you heard him. So um, <laughs> he, he loves to make appearances on podcasts and radio shows at most the most inconvenient times. My, my dog, Jake, does the same thing. Actually, right now, while you were talking about John Brown, um, Jake is in the laundry room, but I still heard him. He must have heard someone outside. Um, it, it used to be that I'd leave him out, and he would just constantly make a very loud guest appearance. But I've, I've muted him as much as possible without kicking him out of the house. So, all right. So now we both got – for the future, we know we both got dogs. So that's good. <laughs> there we go. All right. I want to talk about guys who, who, who unfairly or not have the perception of being injury prone and, and how we deal with them. And the first one's Gronk. And Gronk doesn't – his injuries don't seem to be nagging as they seem to – he just kind of has stuff happen to him. What, what's your – I mean, when you come into a season, you must have certain players that you sort of red flag. Is Gronk a red, a yellow, or are you not concerned? Like, how, how do you deal with him? He, he's a red flag. And, and I hate saying that because – I, I love his personality. I love his style of play. He's energetic. He's a, he's a guy that, bottom line, is fun to watch play football. But you start look, going down this laundry list of injuries, and, and there's reason for concern. There's the torn ACL. There's the broken forearm that got an infection and required multiple surgeries. He's had a high ankle sprain. He's had a pulmonary or lung contusion, another knee sprain. And we haven't even gotten to the multiple back surgeries. He's had three dating back to college back surgeries for, for back issues. I mean, all of those things, like one or two of those would raise a red flag. All those things, particularly the back injuries and the multiple back, back surgeries um, are cause for concern. And I just don't think you can take him with probably where you're going to have to draft him and understand that, you know, hey, I'm going to draft a guy that I'm probably going to get only get for 10 to 12 games. Um, if he played 16, that's fantastic. And he's probably going to be the top tight end on the board and potentially one of the top, you know, receiving threats out there. But the odds of him doing that are not good. And so now you're talking about, okay, well, now I've got to invest in potentially two tight ends, which in some leagues can be very, very detrimental to your roster. So um, as much as I love him, I've just been avoiding him and, and, you know, understanding that I'm going to let someone else basically overspend on a guy that is probably not going to play 16 games. Okay, but those injuries you described – they're more on on the trauma side than the nagging side, right? And True. Is he except, it, except for the back? Except for the back. Does that mean is he do you, is he more susceptible to those than others, 
or is it just a style of play thing that, you know, the risk is increased? Like, wh- why does Gronk, other than the back, why does Gronk suffer those injuries? Is it just coincidence? I think a lot of his style of play. He's an aggressive player. His size, his body type, you know, he does play tight end, so he's on the line having to push and block and and go up against bigger bigger guys, which is hard to really imagine anyone bigger than Gronk. But, you know, that that is a big part of it. And so one of the things that we talk about with a player that's potentially injury prone is, is his style of play. You know, is he a guy that runs out of bounds at the first side of contact or does he absorb contact? And while that's fun, it can be fun to watch, that, that does make them a little bit riskier. Uh, and he's a guy that just seems to really find a way to get these, these fluky injuries, yes, but they do tend, you know, they tend to have lingering long-term issues. And the, the back is really what scares me for him because a lot of the studies um, out there show that even following surgery, you know, you're going to have some kind of problem, whether it's back spasms or back stiffness or back soreness. And that doesn't really incorporate the fact that, he, again, he's on the line. But then you're now we're talking about not, not two surgeries, but three surgeries for disc issues. Um, and it's clear that what something he does in the style in which he plays football puts a lot of pressure through his spine, that those discs are being overloaded. Uh, and, you know, I, the risk of re-injury uh, looms. And it, it's just it's very problematic um, for anybody really investing wrong. Okay. Uh, let's stay at tight end and go to Jordan Reed, who's probably, if healthy, probably number two behind Gronk. I like Travis Kelsey, but Jordan Reed gets, gets he's a target monster. Jordan Reed has had concussions and hamstring injuries, and he just got reacted. He just got taken off the pup list after having a toe injury. And you read, well, you know, hey, well, he's got some orthotics in his shoes that really that he really likes. And I read that, and I'm you know a lay person when it comes to this type of stuff. But I go, oh man, not like, come on, orthotics in his shoes. Like, do you look at Jordan Reed? Am I overreacting when I hear things like this? And I just shake my head and say, I want nothing to do with him anymore. But no, you're not, you know, the orthotics can definitely help. And uh, the big thing with him is they also modified his cleat, which can be very, very helpful for something like what he's going through. And that's the big toe sprain, which uh, could, could oftentimes lift this turf toe. That can take a lot of pressure off that affected area and allow him to be um, able, it just allows him to run smoother and without pain. Um, for, for Reed, I'm more worried about the multiple concussions. Um, the effects of concussions are cumulative, meaning they build. So if you've had one concussion, you're not necessarily more susceptible to a second concussion, but the symptoms are likely going to be worse because the effects build on one another. And he's had multiple concussions throughout his career. Um, we know concussions are the hot topic in terms of uh, sports medicine and football. Um, there's legitimate reason to be concerned about player safety. And, you know, you have to hope that, you know, he's being, he's keeping things in perspective uh, following these multiple head injuries. Um, he's also had some shoulder injuries. He's also had some hamstring injuries, like you, like you said. And, you know, I think a lot of this is just the way that the tight ends being used now um, makes them susceptible to bigger hits, but also they still are being asked to block and do things like that, which can be ridiculously hard on the body. So um, like you said, a lot of these guys near the top of the tight end, have injury concerns. It's just where, who are you going to be willing to invest in and where are you going to be willing to take that risk? Um, that's going to ultimately define what you get out of that position. So Jordan Reed early round five is a yes or a no for you. I say no, I'd rather wait on someone else, potentially a healthier, younger, reliable option. Got it. Okay. Um, next up is Keenan Allen. So Keenan Allen in 2015 played eight games, caught 67 passes lacerated kidney. Um, Then last year was pretty popular because it looked like he was healthy again. And you said, wow, he's catching eight passes a game. This is great. First game, ACL. See ya. Um, I I feel like I've heard, and I I won't say from medical experts, people look at a Keenan Allen, you try to figure out, you know, seems like a lot of added risk here. And you, and and people have looked and said, is he too slight? Is he just not built for this? Do you think Keenan Allen is built for this? You know, the, the kidney injury for me is, is fluky. Uh, I, I think he's the guy that potentially is unfairly wearing this injury prone. Okay. 
Um, the, the ACL happens a lot. We've seen it in durable guys like Jordy Nelson Terry's ACL. You lose a season, it, it can happen. It happens a lot in football. It's a, especially a wide receiver. It's a position that requires you to make explosive start stops. A lot of times on turf, while wearing cleats, all these factors increase the chances of tearing your ACL. Um, Kevin Benjamin's another one. Um, so the ACL for me isn't as bad as it used to be. I think it's just kind of one of those things that lingers there for a lot of guys. And the kidney thing is a little bit fluky. It just stinks for Allen to come back to back. Um, I do like the upside here. I think he's going at a reasonable price. And this is an, this is actually one of those scenarios where uh, you can be opportunistic and potentially get him at a discounted rate and he returned to, you know, a, a top level, you know, upper tier and maybe not a wide receiver one, but definitely a wide receiver two um, option. And a guy that's going to be a basic, you know, every week starter for you. Um, he's been the timing of the injury for last year stunk, but it, it does help this year because it's going to have less of a carryover effect. Um, say if it had happened, you know, the middle of the season or the end of last year. Right. So, I think you're going to see some some early seasons, potentially some early season struggles, similar to what we saw out of like Nelson and Benjamin last year. But as as soon as he gets back on the field, and if he can avoid another kind of freaky injury, um, I like Allen um, based on where he's going, and he's a guy I've targeted in several of my drafts. Interesting, because I, I feel like some people are run away. I mean, he's still ADP wise, he's going wide receiver 15. He's going about number 39 overall. So I can't say people are running away from him, but. Um, I, I feel like some people I've talked to some people who are hesitant and you don't seem hesitant, which makes me happy because I really like Keenan Allen. Uh, yeah. And, and there's risk. I'm not saying there's not, but I don't think it's as bad as some people are trying to make it out. to be. OK. Carlos Hyde's next up three seasons in the league. He's played 34 games out of a possible 48. Um, let's see. I'm reading the list. Concussions, knees, shoulder, foot, back, blah, blah, blah. Carlos Hyde seems I, I look at Carlos Hyde and, and some sometimes this is emotional. I mean, you can read the games played numbers and you see the injuries and, and they exist. But sometimes sometimes it's emotional. You look at Carlos Hyde and you go, I can't trust that guy. Can you trust him? Do you think? You're asking me this the day after I drafted him in the league. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like I completely agree with everything you just said. Like, the eye test in me, like looking at this list, like that you just, you know, ran off. Like there's no reason I should be as an injury analyst willing to take this guy on, but there's something about him that I still find intriguing. Um, and maybe it's the start of his last year where, you know, last season where he start played so well before the MCL injury. Um, he bounced back nicely from the foot fracture. Um, the concussions are obviously a concern. Like I talked about with Reed. Um, but kind of like evaluating things. I, I'd already had two backs when I took him. Um, it was an auction league and I went ahead and rolled the dice thinking maybe this was a guy that could finally stay healthy. Um, but I, I think that's kind of what you have to do with him. I, I wouldn't take him as my top back. He's not a guy that I would like to like base my whole offense around, but if you can, you know, get a stalwart, whether it's a keeper league or, you know, the draft seems to just fall your way where you're able to add him to potential a stable of backs or, you know, a, a, a healthier, more reliable option, then I, I still find him intriguing despite everything. And maybe despite my, my own judgment, um, <laughs> uh, there's, there's something about him that I, I seem to like this year. Okay. Um, yeah, I picked, I mean, fourth round, he's the last guy standing out there. The only guy. I shouldn't say last guy because there are others behind him, but and he's the man. That offense well, is going to have to run through him. Yeah, and that's, that's the big, I think that's for me is opportunity um, is there. It's going to be there. Um, and then it's back to whenever I'm gauging a guy's injury risk, kind of like what I talked about with Fournette and what I, what you just said with Hyde is who else is going around him? Are we talking about a guy that has upside if some, an injury happens to somebody else? Or are we talking about a guy who's going to get a chance? You just kind of have to hope for an injury and you can't base that decision on, on a what if you just have to kind of go with your track record and your gut and, and, and roll the dice sometimes. I mean, right. Where Carlos Hyde's going, RB19, He's going after Lynch, who I hate. Um, Ty Montgomery, who's, I mean, okay, interesting. Mark Ingram, who's got a crowded backfield. Amir Abdullah, who we don't know how much work they're going to give him. And I, I, in that range, to, to your point, I, I'm, I, I get the risk of Carlos Hyde, but I think the risk is kind of priced in. So 
Um, I'm good with him. I think at that point I'm good with him. And and the draft I had today, I took him with probably the 48th, the 46th pick. So all good. Actually, no 50th come to think of it. So I'm good there. All right. Sammy Watkins. I think that's fair. Yeah. Sammy Watkins. He's another one. He feel the last one was a last year was the foot injury that kept him out half the year. Right. Yeah. So he's, I mean, first year he played every game. Second year he missed a few last year. He missed eight. He maybe not as much as Hyde yet, but you, that's he's another one you sort of look at and you go, I don't know if I, I mean, do you trust Sammy Watkins? Is is my mistrust or distrust? I don't know what's the right word of Sammy Watkins, <laughs> legitimate or maybe an overreaction? Uh, I would say maybe an overreaction. I lean that way. Uh, you know, he had that fifth metatarsal fracture, which is becoming an increasingly common injury in wide receivers. Um, it it occurs to that outside aspect bone of the foot. Um, there's several lig- or muscles that attach here, um, and it can often be broken with when you roll your ankle, much like a ankle sprain, but the fifth metatarsal breaks instead. So, um, so hold on. Why, why is it more common among wide receivers, or is it becoming that way? Uh, we're we're thinking it's just the the way in which they're making cuts following the play. I mean, you look at at guys, and and those guys when they go up for catches, very similar to the the Beckham play, right? Like right. you co- go up for a catch and you come down and you're coming down on potentially rigid mm-hmm. leg, um, the stress has to go somewhere. And sometimes it goes through, you know, what, like I said, there's a muscle that attaches to that bone. And sometimes we get what's called an avulsion injury where the, the muscle muscle is trying to right the foot, but it does such a good job that it actually breaks away a piece of the bone. Um, and, and the, the guys that have had it, Julio Jones, Des Bryant, Julian Edelman, uh, Marvin Jones, I believe is another one that's had it. I mean, it's just, it's a pretty, pretty remarkable how many wide receivers have had. And most of these guys have had multiple surgeries or required a second surgery after their first surgery. And I think in Watkins case, he suffered the injury. They hoped he could get back. They potentially rushed things a little bit with him. Um, They all kind of admitted that maybe they should have waited a little bit longer to get him back out on the field. And then he came back, he irritated it. They had to have the second surgery, but all those guys that I just mentioned have gone on to return to a high level of play. Edelman looked good. Uh, Des Bryant's obviously come back to a high level. Same with Julio Jones. So I think the track record precedent here is on Watkins's side. And it's not a scenario where like some of the other guys we've talked about that are quote unquote injury prone. He doesn't have a really long list of injuries. It's just this one that has been particularly problematic uh, over the last year. Okay. Um, the last one is another wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. So Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, the last two years, he's missed some time. He, four games last year, he missed seven the year before. Um, looking at the list, his, his are more of the, is soft tissue an accurate way to put it, more him than the others? Yeah. And is yeah. that, is that a sign of an injury prone guy? Uh, yes, especially when they're on the same side, especially when it's the same muscle multiple times, like it has been with Jeffrey. And the big thing for me is you hate to see those types of injuries on a guy that's dependent on his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, reading scattering reports, you know, I'm looking at one for him coming out of, out of South Carolina, you know, he's a guy that relies on variations in his speed. Well, he can't make those explosive movements if his hamstring is constantly strained. Um, the hamstring and the quadricep are the two that are responsible for gait. Um, and that, you know, really generate a lot of force for these guys. And you've seen it time and time again, where one, especially, like I said, a speed dependent receiver suffers one hamstring strain, suffers a second, and suddenly it becomes an issue. The, be- the, the biggest one that I always think about when I think about this is Miles Austin. You know, extremely, he burst on the scene, always did really well, you know, was, was a guy, you know, I remember one year some people were touting him as a top fantasy wide receiver following his breakout year. And, hamstring injuries just caught up to him and completely slowed him down and, and changed who he was as a player. And, and I'm, I'm nervous that Jeffrey's going to be one of those guys that we look back and say, you know, he was productive when he was healthy, but it wasn't quite as healthy as and often as we would have liked. And so, um, you know, uh, I'm more willing to invest in a guy like Watkins than I would say Jeffrey. Okay. And right now Watkins is actually Jeffrey's going to wide receiver 18 Watkins wide receiver 21. 
So to give some context to what Jeff just said, that he'd, he'd probably rather have a guy like Watkins. Um, same, similar range, that probably within five picks of each other. All right, everybody, we, we want to recommend that you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. Fantasy Sports Markets has the best DFS contests available, cash awards, big bonus prizes every day, as always with Fantasy Sports Markets. There's no salary caps. You can draft who you want on your roster. You can do an all-injury team with Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, and Gronk if you want. Try the free-to-enter preseason football contest. The prize is a copy of Madden 18. Register today and enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to get $15 in promotional credit towards your contest entries. Available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today thanks a lot fantasy sports markets all right we're going to wrap up a few guys uh, i want to mention uh jeffrey his teammate former teammate kevin white so kevin white comes out a couple of years ago and a lot of people thought he was better than amari cooper and he broke his leg and the leg injury has been bothering him the last year he started off he played a little bit then he had i think some ankle issues last year um yeah but, he, yeah go ahead but but what uh, to add to that you you read things about. I mean, in addition to the preseason story about how his coaches were trying to rebuild his confidence, which is a, is always a you don't like reading things like that. They said his stride was affected. That with the leg, it, it's it's almost like he didn't have to relearn to run. That's an overstatement. But his 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 stride was a problem. Is this like what do you, when you hear something like this and you see what the details are? Can you explain it a little bit and tell me what is Kevin White kind of a no go? I'm avoiding him just because of the injuries themselves. And then you don't really, again, he's very, very, I mean, he's basically a rookie. I think we have maybe four games to go off of. And even those four games, he didn't really show as much. Um, and then they did hint at the aspect of rehab that we tend to forget about. And that's the mental aspect of it. It's a It's a grind, you know, being hurt, having something taken away from you, um, especially for basically over two years is really hard. And sometimes your confidence gets shaken. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the human aspect of this that we tend to forget about. And it can be hard for a guy just to kind of get that back. Um, and, and, it, and it, again, it can be physically hard as well. And for a guy that's had problems with both of the bones in his lower leg, you know, he had the ankle injury last year, but the tibia injury before, um, it, it, it's a, it's a bad combination. Um, I, I'm cheering for the guy. I would love to see him get healthy and, and get right and really kind of show us what he was supposed to be. Um, but for fantasy purposes, you have to, you know, just think maybe that's a year away and not, not really, you know, maybe earn his trust back and maybe gain some confidence in him back too, as he gains that confidence back in himself. All right. So, so if I had, I, I have felt like during this off season, I have had my eye on Kevin White as sort of a late round flyer type. Now, a lot of guys could be worth a late round flyer, but you, but you, you seem to be looking at this and saying, you know, the, the, the upside's unlikely is that fair um this year i yeah. would say yes you know if he, he might have i think he's probably got more value in keeper leagues yeah um than, than one-year leagues um but again is he the last week you take yeah i think that's fine but if you're banking on him being your lottery ticket and you know, i always kind of tell people look for that late round lottery ticket i mean that's what you want you want the guy that is going to completely outperform where he wanted you might not always hit you probably aren't always going to hit, um, but at least potentially have someone who suddenly has some trade value and you can turn, you know, that's, that's where that value of those last picks come. And I don't know if he's going to be that guy immediately. I think you're going to have to exhibit some patience with him. And so if you're in a one-year league, it's really hard to put a whole lot of stock in him. Okay. The last guy I want to talk about is Danny Woodhead. And we talked earlier with Carr about, you know, when we see a guy back on the field, should we expect things to be Okay. Uh, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead might miss the rest of the preseason. Sounds like he has a hamstring injury. But more importantly, I think, is the ACL injury he suffered in, I think, week two last year. Yeah. It let, people are drafting Danny Woodhead like nothing ever happened. In PPR leagues, I, I feel like the consensus is, hey, he's on the field. Opportunity's there. The Ravens throw to their backs. Danny Woodhead is going to be his old self. And, and that's sort of, it, it seems assumed. And I look and I go, he tore his ACL last year. Is that, are we, are we good? Are we just, you know, shrugging it off and saying all systems go with Danny Woodhead? I think this is another one of those scenarios where Adrian Peterson's success might be playing a role here and yeah. what people are expecting. Um, you know, like I said, with the previous guy we talked about with ACL injury, um, I believe it was, it was Keenan Allen. You know, it, it, it takes, oftentimes a year the timing of this is 
better for, for Woodhead than it has been for some other guys. So I, I do think it's one that you can not look past, but not be as scared as some, but he's also got some other injuries in his, his, his past. You know, he had a very, very unique fracture of his ankle um, during the 2014 season. And it was a spiral fracture basically. Um, and, and it also involved some ligament components as well. Um, and that's, that's a difficult injury as well. So now we're talking about two significant injuries um, for a guy that, you know, suddenly you're going to increase his workload. Suddenly you're going to make him a feature back. Um, I still like him in PPR leagues, but, you know, I think some other people are potentially elevating him beyond what he should be. Um, and so I, I would tread cautiously here. Uh, again, he's a guy that I'm not real comfortable making my number one back, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay making him my second back as long as um, later in the draft we also we shore some things up with, with my depth um, at the position. So around seven looks like where he's going in PPR at the MFL. Are you good with that? Yeah, that seems, a, that seems fair. Right around there. I wouldn't go much higher, but yeah, that seems fair. Danny Woodhead, odd stat. Last four years receptions. 76, 5, 81, 6. <laughs> so, <laughs> good luck if you pick Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Boomer boom bust, basically. Oh, my goodness. All right. Everybody, listeners to our podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com slash pod. Jeff, I know you've been having uh, – you've got an injury column that's been up on Tuesdays during the preseason. The most recent one uh, went up and, and talked about Beckham and, some, and Cam and some other people. It went up this Tuesday. Well, what's your schedule looking like for this season on Rotowire and elsewhere? Um, it's always Tuesday because I try, try to get the injuries um, coming off of Monday Night Football. We generally have a decent idea of what's going on. So the, fo- the football column will post up on Tuesdays. Um, once we get going with basketball, I do basketball or do NBA as well. Um, that's Monday. And then for the rest of the baseball season, my baseball column goes up on Monday as well. So, uh, I'm going to actually be helping out a little bit with some hockey this year as well. Not, not a full-time gig, but, um, helping them out a little bit. And then every Friday I'm on the Rotowire radio show with the, uh, with, with Derek and the guys. So you can tune in, um, ask some questions, those kind of things. So, and then again, you can always hit me up on Twitter at industry clothes. Um, for for information regarding these injuries. All right, baseball. I've been checked out a little bit on on one play. Is is Syndergaard coming back at all, or do I, do I need to write him off? Uh, I, I wouldn't count on it this year. At least coming back and being effective. Oh man, he's killing my NL only team. All right, um, Jeff. Thanks a lot, man. This was a lot of fun. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Sounds great, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. If you like this podcast, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review and a rating. And if you didn't like it. Leave us a good review and a good rating anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Friday, so please check back then. It's going to be a big weekend of fantasy drafting. You might have your draft. Uh, so if you do, please check back then for more, more great fantasy football draft information. For Jeff Stotts, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.